Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Lukewarm Lou Gowen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. It's coming home. How the devil are you? Yeah, well, it's coming home. Ollie might not have come home, though, until quite late. So he is a, he's a sleepy boy. I've had a bath this morning. What? On a Thursday. On a Thursday work day, I figured this is I'm why not you went get offline for like of an these. hour and a half. This is why you went off- offline for an hour and a half while I was trying to get you to confirm the thumbnail we were using I today. Just, I just needed a bath, man. <laughs> I just needed some time. I just sat there going like, I need to sort this stream out, but I need only to sign off on the thumbnail first. You can, you can you, 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 you do your own thing, man. Don't put no, that, no, don't I, put that yep, stuff on no, me. No, 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 I no. Because the, the last few times I have done my own thing, you've then come online and be like, yeah, I think we should change it. So I, th- yeah. I figure it, it might just be best if I just get you to confirm it. Yeah, well, the football is coming home. Of course, England beat Denmark last night to get into the final with Italy. On Sunday, I'm recapping this as much for my own disbelief as I am American viewers. Uh, And I was in a bar last night in central London, which certainly started off with coronavirus precautions being observed. But that it was (laughs) insane how quickly that fell apart. I was I so I was watching uh, the news this morning and there were lots of like there was lots of footage from pubs and bars and sort of things like that and 
I, I turned to my wife and I was like, I guarantee you a lot of those people there are also the people that are saying, can't wait till Freedom Day in a couple of weeks' time when we <laughs> finally won't have any of these shackles that are stopping us from doing anything that we want to do. I'm like, you're doing it now. Mm. It's the same people that have been like, I've been cooped up indoors for 16 months. I was like, have we all forgotten last summer when we all went to the beach because our government decided to just sack it all off for a bit? Like, I, I, I don't buy into this Freedom Day bollocks, to be honest. I prefer it right now because it's table service. Yeah, it's I great, love right? table service. I've got, I know I've got a seat. I hate standing up on nights out unless I'm boogieing yeah. and I'm, I'm knocking back the Red Bulls and v- VKs. Uh, You're not yeah. doing that. You're far too <laughs> old to be doing that, mate. Hey, hey, you don't know me. I, I, can, <laughs> I can get back on the dance floor when this is all over. <clears throat> You're sat there with your pint of Guinness. And then you mm-hmm. have a second pint of Guinness, and you think, can't have a third though, because that oh, was a bit too heavy in the old, that was <laughs> too heavy in the old tum tum. So I'm going to have myself a whiskey drink and not enjoy it, and a lager rather drink. get a gin, <laughs> rather than get a gin and tonic drink that I would enjoy. Well, I uh, I certainly had more than two Guinnesses last night. <laughs> but when we went in, when we went into the pub, you know, you, you had we chose this one because last time we went there. There were like two other people in the entire pub, and it's very well organized. But you know, this was an England game, so it was fully booked. So should have seen this coming. But you had every name, like you, you get people's details. It wasn't just like, oh, what's the name of your that the person who booked the table for you? It's like your name was down there too as the guest, and you had to show your ID to get in. And they said as you went in, now that we can't have any chanting or singing when you get down there. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes that sense. makes sense okay. because you Probably know when you in people's faces, you sing. That's gonna push around any airflow of of, of the potential airborne coronavirus within five minutes. But before, like five minutes before the the game started, a group of lads who was using the corona, you know, like the little perspex shields between tables." He was just using that as an armrest. He left this big sweaty arm mark on his side. It was <laughs> gross. Thank God it's not sweat transmitted. Uh, they just started going, England, England, England. And I thought, oh, crap. Oh, oh well. No. And then, yeah, yeah, it was just absolute carnage. And then trying to get to the tube, uh, there was a large group of people doing a, so you know what in, in bullfighting and you would have the red flag mm-hmm. in front that pe- people were doing that with england flags and cars oh for god's sake which was funny like you can't, <laughs> like <laughs> you can't deny it. there's like a weird hysteria overtook everybody i just sort of you know me and my friends we just sat back outside away from like this mass of people. But we're like, there's quite a lot of people there. And within five minutes, it had doubled in size. Just like people flocked to this this group. And then people started to get on each other's shoulders. There was a traffic light somewhere in the group. So people started to climb up the traffic lights. And it was just like this escalation of what's the most ridiculous thing these people can do. So it started off with, Here's a cone. Cone was being passed, a traffic cone being passed around the group. And someone would put it on their head 
while on the shoulders of someone else. And everyone would go, way! <laughs> and then, th then it was passed to the person on the top of the traffic lights. And he put it on and everyone went, way! And then he fell off. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, it was dear. the late because I I left not shortly after that. I'd seen my fill, and so someone said they talked to the police when they were going back because a lot of police turned up to break up this unruly. Mob. No, it was about time, really. <laughs> Bloody hell! And when I say break up, I mean just stand by and hope it doesn't get bigger. That's what. Yeah, they did. like what? What I can mean, you do what... though? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, they weren't sat, they weren't doing a uh, a, a silent vigil um, for someone <clears> who had been killed by a police yeah a policeman. You know, they weren't doing anything like that. Luke, it's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me feel bad. Anyway, well, you, you've just got to know when to enforce the rules. When people yeah, but... are climbing up onto the top of traffic lights and falling off them with their cones, and you know, disobeying the the government guidelines for social distancing and stuff, you just stand back and let them do Wait, it. So, but if a, if a woman wants to light telly. a candle, if a woman wants to light a candle because a friend of hers died, that's when it's you step hazard. in. It's a fire hazard. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of dry when, grass around. That's when you step in and beat them. Um, well, the, the apparently the police had to get into the middle of the. This is what the police told my friend, uh, because that man needed to go to hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I am unsurprised. Yeah, but then what happened after that is somebody else tried to climb up the traffic pole. Well, they the want to get the lights. way. Yeah, they they. they but the crowd realized that was behind it. And like, who's this dickhead? You know, that was like <laughs> the whole crowd. Who, who's this Johnny come lately? Well, what's, what's this guy doing? He's not the first guy who went up there when it was cool and you. And people just started chucking full pints of beer, bottles. Someone threw a coat. I was like, that's someone's <laughs> coat. That's real. They threw it a really long way. I was like, they're not getting that <laughs> coat back for a, for an hour. And he, yeah, he he sort of like got up there and tried to play along, like, ho ho ho, yeah, I'm not as good as the first guy, but. And then he just started to try and lead a chant, and everyone, everyone just shouted him down. <laughs> it's remarkable, like it's real life trolling, but it, it's it's very very funny. Mm -hmm. And dangerous. I, yeah. Of course, it's dangerous, but very. Funny. I saw like the footage I saw this morning. Like people were climbing up on top of buses as they were mm -hmm. trying to do their bus route and stuff. To they were, and it was the sort of things. Like to me, my wife watched the game last night. We very much enjoyed it. It was just the two of us. We had some drinks, and we had a lovely little time. I got well into the game. I was proper anxious because oh, it was a nervy like you know second half, really nervy um, extra time, particularly after we'd scored. Um. But I always felt like kind of like I felt like we were sitting a trial. I'm not going to talk about like I know what I'm you know I'm talking about here. But I'm just mm. you know to give you my I, I I was having a very you know fun time watching this, and then we've woken up this morning and we've seen the footage from from London and it wasn't just in London it was sort of around the country <clears throat> and it was you know Bellends acting like Bellends. And it was the sort of things like, oh, so this is why I don't like football. That's <laughs> that I knew there was a reason, and it's it's billionaire football owners. Mm. And it's also nubbeds. 
Yeah. It is funny though. It's, it's weird, like, <laughs> honestly. But so so you've heard I I wasn't aware of this before last night, but the uh, the Atomic Kitten song Hole Again. Yeah, Hole Again has been yes, repurposed. Yeah. Football's, football's coming home again. Yeah. And it's got a it's got a rousing chorus. That's the main bit. But unfortunately, it also has quite a few verses, which no one has cared to learn the words for. And why should they? So when that song was played at the end in the pub, the pub, mind you, that told that initially said it wanted to discourage singing. Everyone sang the chorus over every verse. <laughs> so they just they just sang the chorus eight times in a row. It was freaking hilarious. One of the funniest things that I, I've seen happen in a sort of rowdy atmosphere is, you know, the Partridge on a Pear Tree Christmas song. Oh, yeah. And you would say, uh, rather than do 11 Maids of Milking or anything like that, you would always just do... Gold rings. Yeah. Yeah. So every number is gold ring. 12 gold rings, 11 gold rings, 10 gold rings, and everyone's waiting for it. Eight <laughs> gold rings, seven gold rings, it's coming, six gold rings, and everyone goes ballistic. <laughs> Five gold rings! <laughs> it's just buffoonery of the purest oh, yeah. order. I mean, me and my wife were laughing. Like, so I was, I was, we didn't have a morning meeting today, because um, we don't do on a Thursday. But I was going to ask Andy or Producer Rich, perhaps like I might just message Producer Rich, if mm. someone could explain to me why uh, England have co-opted Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline as sort of like a, a song that we sing. Oh, that's been going on forever. Well, that was, I, that was a song when I was a kid. I know, but I'm just curious to know why, because he is American, and that song is not about football or England. It's about a woman, and I'm like, I get that it's fun to. Well, yeah, but you've you've changed the lyrics though. The lyrics are like Southgate, you're the one. You still turn me on. Football's coming home again. This is just no. I'm just going to sing Neil Diamond's "Sweet Caroline" because it's a fun song to sing. It's banging song. Just and it is a banging song, but it's all of a sudden become like it's our third national anthem behind it's cut by behind three lions by the lightning seeds with Badil and Skinner and Badil and Skinner were there at Wembley last night. And I thought, are they sat there being like, guys, we literally wrote a song about football. Like, mm-hmm. Surely we should be singing that as opposed to this random song. Yeah. But sweet Caroline has a bit where you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's about yeah, the I feeling. Guess... It's the good yeah. times and they've never felt so good. So whoa, good. whoa, whoa, so good. That's I mean, not even the song. I was gonna say, I wouldn't have done a whoa, 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 I'd have done a bum, bum. That's a bit big bandy, isn't it? Well, it is a, it's a big band song. <laughs> you with your little <laughs> conductor's cane twirling it in your top hat. That's not because that's what the bum, freaking bum, song bum. is. It is, it's a sweet Caroline, bum, bum, bum. Get, like, it's. I disagree. It's a whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not a whoa, whoa, whoa song. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you're making it sound like it's um, uh, welcome, not welcome to the jungle. Um, sweet child of mine. You're not going like whoa, whoa. <laughs> Asking someone to hold the phone a little bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you want me, babe? Whoa, 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 whoa. Remember that advert? <laughs> I do remember that advert. Okay, not for I brought that up in a now. podcast. I've um, I've not right. got high hopes for this AW review. Fantastic show. <laughs> 
I'm not gonna be. I'm not turning up though. I'm gonna be on autopilot. Oh well, I mean, enjoy this one. This might be the highlight of the whole podcast. Uh, enjoy the show, nonetheless. I hope Zelina Vega's been practicing her back bumps because I'm pretty sure she's going through tables for the next couple of months. Lace those boots, Nia Jax. You've got to bury someone because Alistair Black just debuted in AEW, but 35 days after getting released from WWE. We'll get into how that could have happened very shortly. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Cohen. This is the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast, the second one since we've been back after the June hiatus when Dynamite was airing on Fridays. I think we've been pretty spoiled here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been some pretty good shows. Last week's show was a lot of fun. And this week's show was like, because it's the first show back on the road. I think that a lot, like they were saving stuff to do here. Not only that, not only were they like saving stuff to do for like this show, i.e., you know, the debut of, of Malachi Black, but also just redo some of the segments they did last week where they were just like, I mean, those segments were so good. Should we just do them again? <clears throat> And they were like, yeah, because we've got a new audience of fan that we can do it in front of. They're from Miami, they're different fans. Mm. And like, and so they did. We just had a match that we had last week. We also had the essentially the same Kenny Omega Dark Order segment that we had last which, week. Which oh, match did they repeat? Oh, the, the Bucks, the Penta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And, it, you know, QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes, which I think I've seen a thousand times now. And I've seen Cody win every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> what a feud by the way so it was just it was kind of nice to, like this was a you know almost like a restart mm. show for AEW in a way i will go to bat for that main event as i'm sure you will oh yeah uh it it, it makes total sense booking we criticize wwe a lot for doing repetitive matches this one makes sense because you started off with the beat the champions to get the title shot match last week and that was followed up by a title match with a stipulation that is the natural yes. progression, uh, usually, of wrestling feuds. But our main talking point today, and is, well, I mean, I'd say like the biggest, I can't, I was going to say I can't see there being a bigger wrestling news story this month, but I, for, I, I expect WWE to have some big plans when they go back to touring next Friday. But yes, Alistair Black turned up in the middle of the show in an Arn Anderson promo. So, of course, like, you know, the obligatory, I will enter a feud with Cody Rhodes now for the new uh, ex-WWE star. Uh, how it happened was Arn comes out for a promo. He's just about to talk to Tony Schiavone. Lights cut out. The lights had cut out previously in the opening match, which the commentators blamed on just the power outage. There's been some weather problems here. Of course, there's that Storm Elsa coming along. So, I mean, when, when that happened, were you like... Oh, okay. Yeah, Red herring I, I, time. Exactly. Yeah, I figured that something <laughs> was a something was up. Uh, let's just say, I, I, and, but I thought it was quite nicely foreshadowed in a way. I, I love that they did it. Yeah, um, but for me, as soon as I saw that, that did the opposite of what they were trying to do because they did the exact same thing in All In. Do you remember with mm -hmm. Chris Jericho? They did a few technical difficulties earlier in the night. So when the lights cut off for Jericho to reveal himself as fake Pentagon. Um, but still, but I, I do appreciate yeah. it. I'm not criticizing. It was more I just, real. I, just, I, I saw it coming. 
it was more real when they did it in All In as well, because there was something about All In that felt quite ramshackle in a way, really. <laughs> With its 20-man commentary booths. <laughs> um, and, a, and a match that went 15 minutes over its runtime. Yeah. <laughs> Christ, we have not got enough time for this main event now. I mean, what, what did they expect? It was an Akada match. Does, at that point in his career, he would not wrestle under 35 minutes. Yeah. Um, so the lights cut out and it comes back up. And there is Alistair Black standing there in a black suit and a lot of like makeup on his eye. It looks like kind of bruised and but a bit more than bruised, like bloodshot, like kind of how you would do sort of a sort of I don't know. You're, you're better with horror stuff, kind of like an evil possessed infection. Yeah, and it's kind of like what well, I think a lot of fans have appreciated of this is that this is a continuation of sort of what he was doing in in WWE. Like before he left WWE, he had the sort of the, the mm. one eye is a different color thing, which stemmed from the Kevin Owens feud, if I recall correctly. Um, it might be from that. I can't remember what it was from in the end now. Um, maybe it was before well, the Kevin Owens thing. It was part of Seth Rollins, wasn't it? Was it Seth do it? Seth yeah, but then. Like, Black took it out on Kevin Owens. Yeah, it was something like that. I mean, like it's it's weird, isn't it, that it's hard to remember Alistair Black storylines on the main roster when I think he had one, and we cannot yeah. remember what it is because every other one was just like I'm sat in a cupboard, and then I'm sat in a different cupboard. Now I'm reading from a book. Anyway, so I think a lot of fans kind of appreciated that. But like the key to this is that earlier in the day. Alistair Black had released this video on Instagram, which is part of this thumbnail here, where he was debuting this new character. He is Tommy End, which is his, you know, his outside of WWE name. But he's also got this other side of his character. He's got this other side of Tommy End. This isn't Tommy End. His name's not Tom. This is Malachi Black. This is a, the devil made me do it. This is a possession, a split personality thing that has taken over from him. And you had um, like Excalibur on commentary saying like, look, I wrestled Tommy End in PWG. That's not Tommy End. Like this is a different guy. And the commentators were sort of scrambling what it was. And you had Excalibur there to be like, this is what he said was coming. This is Malachi Black. So to put over this new character. I thought it was a really cool presentation because it was, apparently it was Murphy that took Tommy. Mm. So it wasn't the same yeah. thing. Cool. Thank you very much, Chaz. I honestly don't care. Um, and it was, um, what was my point? Anyway, so like, he takes out Arn Anderson, right? And then Cody is like, whoa, what are you doing, you big jeb ends? And he sort of goes in there and Alice Black's like, yeah, sorry about that. Please go check on your trainer. Bang, straight in there with another Black Master Cody. What is Cody doing there? I do I not know. trust a man who's just get Like, it wasn't an accident. And Black wasn't yeah. even going, oh, <laughs> oops, sorry. It was, yeah. yeah. I don't know why Cody, I'm just going to look away from you now. <laughs> crazy man. <laughs> like, visibly crazy man. <laughs> he deserved yeah. it, Cody. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a really cool debut. Uh, I thought it was very, very effective. A lot of uh, just sort of attention to detail in this as well. I echo everything you said about the commentary team. I thought they handled it perfectly. Another company would have played dumb. Who is this? I have never seen this person before. They have no prior history anywhere else other than this moment. Whereas, like, you know, Oh no, I, I was checking this very famous guy's Instagram earlier. 
looks like this is what ties into it. It's like, oh, the commentators are competent at their jobs. That's great. But also Alistair Black was in a black suit and Cody was in a white suit. So they're really like leaning into these themes of light and dark, which is very exciting. I must admit, when he debuted, I was I had the shock like, oh, my God, cool. And then I saw the eye and I was like, hmm. And then they said he's called Malachi Black. And I went, hmm. And then he hit a black mass. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But then I was just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm down on it because I, you know, one one of the great things about AEW is it might not be a week, it might not be a month, it might not even be nine months, but usually they make stuff work excellently. Like Miro is yeah. the real success story there, and yeah. I see, I, I see this, and I'm I'm hoping they're going to go in the route of sort of psychological realism. It is a man having just sort of crazy psychotic episodes uh, as opposed to any form of supernatural possession. Oh yeah. And I, we'll, we'll certainly see with this based on sort of the video that he put up on Instagram, it didn't feel like it was a demonic possession type thing. It more felt like, you know, this is breaking out well, of that, a... No, I, I disagree. I think it very much felt like that. I don't but know. That's kind I, of I, the I, continuity. Yeah. I, I think that is the character thinks that it mm. is as opposed to an actual devil has sort of yeah. taken over him. But but perhaps I am um perhaps I'm reaching, perhaps I'm very wrong in this. We'll certainly see like in a couple of weeks time. I have seen there were people who were very critical of of course they were of um of the commentary team um for knowing that his name was Malachi Black because Surely you you should have known him as Tommy End. You wouldn't know that he is Malachi Black. I would say Excalibur is definitely the sort of commentator that would be stalking people's Instagrams um, yeah. and to find out information. And it's sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't type thing because people were critical of WWE for them not knowing who um, Viper was when she came in as this new character. And now they sort of are supposed to know, but also not know. But you're also critical of them knowing who the character is. So I think it was really much a damned if you do, damned if they did, damned if they don't uh, situation. I think there is an argument though that could be made that you call him Tommy End here and then next week he says, I am not. You kind of, so you mm. can tell the rest of the audience, I'm not Tommy End, I'm Malachi Black. But a name, by the way, I don't particularly hate. It might just be because I really like Children of the Corn. And I, so like the name Malachi just sort of like, it's it, it sort of like, it's a very evocative name um, for me. What What's um, in Children of the Corn for Malachi? So, so well, Malachi is one of the, the sort of lead sort of bad kids um in in the film um and he's like i I just thought it was like a really cool name like when i first saw children of the corn and i i mean there's probably some religious connotations to as well i don't really know um but uh, so it it makes me think of children of the corn therefore i'm kind of warming to i warms to it uh, Mm. quite quickly because because malachi was a really cool character in children of the corn well i I just i don't want to sound like i'm down on uh malachi black or anything you know i'm very excited he's gonna have great matches but I, I think it's one of those things where the character might not necessarily be for me, but mm-hmm. all the, I'm not saying it's a bad character unless they go into supernatural stuff. So have fun. Uh, I'll just, you know, be enjoying cut. I'll be rooting for my boy Cody. Cause he's got to win you, this one. Right. You're literally the only person in the world. I think who is rooting for Cody at this point. He needs to win. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he does need to pick up some wins. Really? 
I I thought, you know, I was, I was going to do a whole bit in my news today about like, I depict the, where has this come from? It isn't true. Like Cody puts over so many people, Darby Allen, MJF, you know, like he he makes young stars. And I, I looked back on his cage match. He has won so much. I, well, I like, like against you. people he should put over sometimes as well. I, I kept saying in the lead up to Double or Nothing, man, a go-go should be winning here. Agoga should be winning this match. And when he didn't, yeah. I was like, that is so shocking that he did not win that match. Because what was like all of that gut punch stuff was just to put <clears throat> Cody over, which is the total opposite of where we should have been going here. Well, that's it. Malachi Black comes in and he is the person for Cody to overcome. Because you know what this feud is really about? It's about America. And <laughs> here is here's this Dutch guy. Just walking in, being, oh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Let me give you a little kick. And Cody's like, this is America. We don't kick our veterans over here. He's like, oh, it's just, I'm just, I'm a stoned man. <laughs> Come on. Come on, America. It writes itself. I um, Also, the other thing to, to make mention of with the, the debut of Malachi Black and him showing up in AEW is, you know, the question, how did this happen? Well, it's yes. because he was meant to have 90 days. WWE sort of bollocked up this contract. He only had 30 days, so he was able to show up a bit earlier. That's quite, that's that's very funny. That is Rock. Do you remember when The Rock was a free agent when he like left in yeah. sort of the early 2000s because they just <clears throat> forgot to offer him a new contract? And he was like, well, my contract's up. I'm off now. Um, I have to go now. My planet needs me. And they were like, oh, no, what a clerical error. This is just another clerical error. But it was also reported by dirt sheet boy Sean Ross Sapp on Fightful. Um, <laughs> and he was, you know, on that day, on that day, posted that, you know, like it's expected that Alec is going to be showing up in, in AEW. So I'm really hoping Selena Vega's got a few more dirt sheet boy tweets uh, scheduled to go about how they just make up new stories about people. We know Sean is in the chat, obviously, and you know he he's he, really? he, he spread he spread. Well, I think a few people have. I haven't seen him, but I've seen a lot of uh, people say he's there, and I just hope this proves something to him that you know you can't just go spreading lies about Zelina Vega's WWE return, Sean. It's out of order, mate. Honestly, you need to have a word with yourself. It All hurts. These dirt sheet writers are the same, aren't they? <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of the WrestleTalk podcast is brought to you by the good folk over at manscaped.com. One of the most painful things in life for us blokey blokes is pulling a hair out of our nose with tweezers. No joke, I did it the other night while watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though I did it with my fingers because I'm a man and I really wish I hadn't because it really hurt. And then I felt sad and I was unable to enjoy Willow's traumatic journey to becoming Dark Willow. Oh god, you're an idiot. I am? Because you should have used Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. A trimmer they've spent over a year developing, reinventing the traditional nose trimmer into something way more effective. A 9000 RPM motor, 360 degree rotary dual blade system, contoured 23 degree angle, water resistant tech, and a lithium iron battery that lasts so long I've had mine for six months and have yet to charge it. So start off your 2021 right by upgrading your Manscaped routine to include the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer and you can get 20% off with free international shipping by using our promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the promo code WTTV to get 20% off and free international shipping. Thanks, Manscaped, for making me a better man. And thanks for letting me enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, should we see what, um, let's see what everybody thinks. I think everyone's very excited. Uh, WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get in your ultra chats there. We'll read out every single one of them. Over $5 before the end of the stream. Anthony Velasquez says, very surprised to see Black show up on AEW last night. And I like how he came in with the eye injury, keeping kayfabe alive a bit just because he isn't with WWE anymore. Doesn't mean he can't bring that little detail to AEW. Stephen Guzman, Black versus Cody will lead the Cody heel turn. Arm was going to announce his retirement. Cody was already acting heelish in the final Darby Allen match. That was in September, I think. He loses to Black. No, it's full gear, October, November. He loses to Black. Arm retires. Cody, betrayed by friends, is finally broken and snaps. My working theory. Uh, let's see. <coughs> Sean Rossap would like to apologize for his lies. Someone send that to Andy. We need to write that up for a WrestleTalk.com article. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think Cody's turning heel. I know I no. said that a lot 
in the Agogo one, but I, I don't think that's where it's going. Charles no. Burke. So I'm watching Five Puppies and it's difficult. Everybody is sleeping soundly and then Black debuts and I mark out. All of my puppies wake up and I have to take them out again at 11 p.m. I'm really happy to see a wrestler in a place that will appreciate him. Charles Burke is talking about literal puppies. He's not some Jerry Lawler style anachronistic <laughs> throwback act. Gerald Hazelwood. I know some people want Black to lead the Dark Order, but I think he should offer to lead them to only be rejected. This leading to Black feuding with the Dark Order, maybe even setting up Paige's first big feud after he beats Kenny. After he loses to Kenny, Gerald. Yeah, I, the, and also the Dark Order has a leader. It's negative one. Mm -hmm. And that should always be the case. One anonymous, anonymous, two, four, three. My co-workers hate when I watch wrestling at work because I can get loud. First Sting, then Samoa Joe, now this. To my credit, I did my best not to scream, but I did whisper, sh whisper, shout, holy <laughs> and shove away from the computer desk so hard my earbuds popped out, lol. Wow. That's, uh, I haven't, yeah, because I've got wireless, thank you, Raycon. I've got wireless ones now, so I'm like... I haven't, but I used to get that all the time. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> uh, one and on a mouse again, two, four, three. For anyone wondering how I get away with watching wrestling at work, it's because technically I'm the boss since I'm the evening supervisor. Also, someday I'll tell you guys the story of what happened when I watched Sting debut because it's quite funny. Mm. Uh, we all get away watching wrestling at work, don't we? Oh yeah, I mean, I although I on my old job before I started working wrestling, I got into I actually got a disciplinary note because I was watching wrestling at work because my I I made the argument for me it's um, like listening to a podcast while I'm working. Mm. It's just there to be sort yeah. of a distraction. I've got my headphones in. It's just there to be a, a distraction. I may as well have had the phone turned the other way. I was just listening to the noises. That was when I was going through my stretch of trying to watch every WWE pay per view in order. Yeah, I think when you hit the late 90s attitude era stuff there's probably a lot of inappropriate female nudity segments for the just, workplace just pop, that, just just pop that down for, <clears throat> for the moment just a few more here uh before we get on with the full dynamite review nate s do you think they are going with a dual personality thing with end black or just keep just kept screwing up the name either way i absolutely love that black is an aw he was always the one guy i wanted from wwe to join so excited to see his creativity unchained yeah i suppose we'll see in a couple of weeks i think it's a dual character thing though mm-hmm um, Matthew McFadden, I think Malachi Black is AEW's version of The Fiend and that he changes people after feuds as well as the blackout attacks. Black has always said he has, has always wanted to work with Bray and he's a huge fan. And some say Cody's character needs a bit of a shake-up. I think that's very early to make those assumptions. I think I feel like Cody's going to be American hero for a while. Of course he is. He is Captain mm. America. Homelander. And, and he will defeat Holland. The evil Netherlands. Always, you know, famously aggressive country, the Netherlands. Well, actually, I suppose they are. I was making a joke, but they had a hell of a lot of colonies. <laughs> I'm on a tangent. Joel Smith, yeah. my streaming service went out after the lights. Uh, did, did So I didn't get to see the initial pop, but it made, made a power outage more believable. <laughs> nice. And finally for now, Patrick Kaniski. Hi, guys. Love the episode last night. I hope Malachi is the start of a Cody heel turn. The fans are still hot for him, but it feels like a hot for him. But it feels like a Cena wins LOL moment. Maybe Malachi is the one Cody can't beat and he falls into his madness. 
everyone I mean, wants I, the Cody heel turn. I would say there that Patrick kind of contradicts him, uh, themselves a little bit there because he's like, everyone's really hot for Cody, but he feels like John Cena at the moment. Like that's that. There's a difference there because people weren't hot for Cena as a babyface. He got a reaction, but they weren't hot for him as a babyface. People are still like crowd reactions are still massively into Cody. I think this whole Cody turning heel and fans are turning on him is a bit of a bubble. I don't think it's actually translating mm. into TV audiences and and live audiences. Well, yeah, that's that's see. I also feel a bit like we're we're doing a show and we're cutting to the the celebrities at ringside. Like, look, it's America's top team because we've also got SP3 in the chat. Hey, Hi, SP3, nice to see you. Um, so this episode of AEW Dynamite, it's Thursday. You know what that means? It's our review. Started off big with it's the Road Rager. It's in Miami. Like we've had fans back before in Daly's place, but this felt different. Because it was yeah. in a new setting. They shot it differently. They shot it down the They were trying to get down the ramp. Yeah, it was down the entrance yeah. ramp. Yeah. It was cool, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And it was it was weird. Not weird to see it back with fans, because as you say, we have had it for like a while, but because it's the first show not in Dave's <coughs> place, mm. there, there was a, a very special atmosphere to it. And I, and I, it was really kind of nice to see them in a in a different place, I guess. I know what you mean, but I did. I, I sort of mourned the little familiar backstage areas. Oh, I feel yeah? like I know the 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 kayfabe universe behind the scenes, like where Dark Order hang out, where the interviews are done, where catering is. But I did. But that, that's that's not a criticism. It's just I, I'm that video package last week got got me so oh, much, and yeah. I, I miss Daly's place. Uh, but the show started off with a pretty big match, so big, only one person got an entrance. Cody Rhodes <laughs> took on QT Marshall in a strap match. And and he was a Homelander again. Actually, someone has just uh, pointed out, <laughs> I just saw a comment there that made me laugh. You know, we were talking about how like the crowds treat Cody as he's the big baby face. Someone said, I mean, in fairness, the crowds treat Homelander like he's the baby face as well. <laughs> it was like, and that is true. Um but yeah, like so this, he got the big entrance. He had his Homelander gear on again. QT did not get an entrance. I still don't know how this feud is still going because Cody has beaten the Nightmare Factory time and time and time mm. again. And so, like, I I wasn't into this whatsoever. And I all and I hate I hate the four corners gimmick on a strap match. I think it's so lame. Like this big blood feud is going to end when I touch four corner pads in a row that the referee says it's okay. I just think it's a bit lame. But the crowd can chant, chant along. Crowds love to well, yeah. count and they get to count up as opposed to <laughs> up past three. Never happens. Yeah. I was. Uh, the match was pretty well worked for the stipulation i thought uh really good power bomb off the top rope from marshall i think it was low blows behind the referee's back uh dustin ran out and took out the rest of the nightmare factory brawled through the crowd and the finish came when cody was just about to hit the last one uh to, but qt stood up spat in his face and cody i think he hit a low blow on him as revenge and then three crossroads one two three four wins um, yeah, and that they had the blackout in this match, sort of foreshadowing 
Alistair Black's debut later. I, yeah, I was curious to see how Cody would be received by a live audience. He was received very warmly, but I do think when the match started, the crowd didn't die. And apparently they were very loud. A lot of people there said it was incredibly loud all the time. So maybe the issue was with where the microphones were placed because AEW have had issues with that before. But I, I did feel like the the raw babyface fire from the crowd for Cody was lacking. I completely agree. But it's well, you know, this is our uh, the, the big Cody entrance as well with a ha oh, so you know, I, I thought it would be bigger than this. I think it's a <coughs> mic issue more than the, the crowd issue, based on sort of the live reports that we've all seen as well. But you I, I agree with you. But uh, there's also the potential argument that is that I don't like perhaps like me, people just add into this feud because I've I've seen Cody beat QT Marshall quite yeah. a few times now. I don't think I need to see him beating her by touching some corner pads. And the whole point of this, I thought, was to get Anthony Agogo over. And of course, the poor guy has had to have eye surgery again. Looks like he's yeah. going to be out for 10 months. Oof, so it's guy. a bit of a dud. This this whole yeah. storyline, months long, bit of a dud, unfortunately. Kind of a bit out of people's hands because of the injury, but also at the same time, the creative wasn't spot on either. Yeah. I, I mean, Dustin could have put over um, Kamaroto. Hmm. But yeah. it, but it, but I, I like Comoroto. I so do I. But like the Nightmare Family just won all the matches. There's mm. one match that the Nightmare Factory won, and it was through shenanigans. I just don't think it, they never looked like a credible threat. Well, uh, we went backstage after that. Uh, Sean Spears cut a promo on Sammy, and then Sammy threw a chair at his head. Um, I'm pretty sure he would have been visible. You know, like when we oh, make yeah. fun of WWE for, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you were just right there and everyone acts surprised when you walked into the shop. But whatever. Uh, then my favorite thing on the show. This was an amazing show. This was my favorite thing. It's Kenny Omega and Don Callis come out for an in ring interview with Tony Schiavone. Uh, they're, 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 one of the great things about having fans back is that they will make organic chants. You know, you. you 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 could you can literally script the crowd because they were wrestlers before and it was nowhere near as good as something being organic and happening spontaneously and catching fire around a large group of people and that's what happened here everyone just started chanting at don you got fired you got fired because of the impact storyline and don just shuts them down real men don't quit they get fired that is I, a moment we could never yeah. have had in lockdown. Yeah, I absolutely loved this. Like, because not only that, but like, that's a crowd that are invested in all of this storyline. Like, mm. that's an impact wrestling storyline that this crowd are chanting at Don Callis on an AEW show. I that that's really cool, man. Yeah, because someone's got to represent impact in AEW. Sure <laughs> as hell won't be AEW doing it. The, the we then got like, uh, there's no one left to beat. They, they just work the crowd perfectly here because, of course, there is. It's Hangman Page. So everyone starts chanting, cowboy S-word, we want Hangman. Dark Order come out. Evil Uno gets in the ring. No one says Page's name, by the way. They're still just letting the crowd do it, working them perfectly. And Kenny just says, uh, what's the capital of Thailand? And Evil Uno doesn't even get a chance to answer. It's Bangkok. Kick him in the balls. Evil Uno put up on Twitter later. was like, oh, Bangkok. 
yeah, I probably should, should have seen that coming. <laughs> and Cole Cabana retweeted it by saying, like, I was yelling that from the ramp. You couldn't hear me. I used to do that joke all the time. Sorry for our, commu- our lack of communication. But then a brawl kicks out between the Dark Order and the Elite. And who should run down that Hangman page? And this was otherworldly for me to watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, He comes in, he clears house, so much babyface fire. And he clotheslines Luke Gallows. Doc Gallows. Oh, sorry. And he falls out with Gallows. And I thought, oh, that he'll have to that's a mistake because there's still kenny to beat up in the ring but he's ended up outside the ring and here i am being like oh he's oh no that's that's unfortunate it was totally planned because then he hops up onto the apron and that like that and it's it's this moment where you know i didn't consciously think that's the moment from revolution that they're mirroring when hangman page is in a buckshot lariat position on kenny with his back turned in the ring and that was because it was too quick for the crowd to have reacted that way. But everyone, when they saw that visual, all had the same collective memory of that happening just over a year ago. Very special. Very, very yeah. special. I loved this. It's there's very I don't want to say it's rare. But there are times when you are like when you have a job that's like this, when you have to you cover wrestling, right? And so you're taking notes while you're watching shows. There, there are certain moments when you just stop taking notes because you get so enraptured in what is going on. Like I have very few notes for this segment because like I'd have had to pause the show and make them because what I ended up doing is like I stop and I'm just watching the screen and I'm just like enthralled with what's going on. I've got a buttload of notes for the Cody QT Marshall match because I wasn't, ma- I was you know just wasn't massive. Mm-hmm. This I was like, stop taking notes and just you're watching the screen and I just could not take my eyes off it. And when he was on the apron, because I had the exact same thing as you, and he clotheslined Gallows out of the ring, I was like, that's weird. And then he gets up onto the apron into the buckshot lariat position, and I was like. This is just, this is beautiful. I, I absolutely loved it. I'm talking a lot about this at the moment because I'm writing a lot about Kenny Omega for the Rust Talk magazine. I was reading an interview with him um, in a Bleacher Report, I think it was. Bleacher Report did this like whole article thing on Kenny Omega. And in that, in that, he was like, I don't really like wrestling. Like, I'm really good at it, you know, and I'm very athletic and I can do really cool moves, but I don't really like wrestling. What I like is movies and comic Mm. books and video games. I like storytelling. So, and there's a lot of things that happen throughout the last, you know, two years with Omega and Paige. There's that amazing Twitter thread that everyone's sharing around at the moment that has cataloged this incredible story. And you're like, oh, that's what he means by that. Yeah, he is really good at wrestling, but actually what he's really good at is storytelling. And this is just, it's every single beat of this. And I <laughs> i go back to the videos that you and I did, early doors of AEW, where we're like, I cannot believe this is the character that Kenny Omega is doing. I cannot believe this is where we're, we are not getting best bout machine Kenny Omega. We're not getting the clean. This is so stupid. I can't believe AEW haven't realized this. Totally being worked. No. No, that was always the plan. Because the whole point uh, yeah, was, it wasn't was a good plan. Be, he was meant to like fail so that him and Hangman, who had also failed, then came together. So you can build to this moment here where they're now on opposite <clears> sides <throat> of the ring. That's why that group, that's why that tag team was formed. I think we were completely worked by that. 
Uh, I no, I knew that was the story. Uh, they just did it bad because <laughs> the, it just, Kenny looked bored. He didn't look like a man losing. And anyway, that's that's a different thing. Uh, Page doesn't hit the buckshot lariat is the key to this. He steps in through the ropes. He has a face to face with Kenny Omega. And then there was a bit of a distraction. So Kenny took the chance to run away. And there we go. Uh, I'd be surprised if they do this not on pay-per-view. Surely this is the start of the build to them having a fighter all out. Wow. Must, has to be. Um, We'll pick up the pace a tad just because there's, you know, so much to talk about on this show. Darby Allen and Ethan Page backstage with Jim Ross doing a sit-down interview, which was quite an interesting way of approaching this death blood feud, really, of both men wanting to end each other's careers. And they're just there speaking very rationally about it. Like, no, no, I'm, I brought you into this business, says Ethan. I'm going to take you out of it. I'm going to end your career. Uh, yeah. I thought it was very, very good. Yeah, I thought Ethan Page got a great promo. Really, really mm-hmm. good. Uh, after that, we got a, a six-man tag with Hager, Santana, and Ortiz going against Wardlow and FTR. Uh the the pinnacle picked up the win here when sort of FTR and Wardlow all ganged up on Hager, uh, but it's it's all again based around Hager and Wardlow. Those two are really having a great through line feud, maybe yeah. like the best through line feud in this I mean, whole when, story. When those two squared off, that was the biggest pop of the match. Yeah. Like when, because like Hager's in there and he's like beating up FTR and he grabs Dax, like throws him into the corner, yelling at him to tag in Wardlow. When Wardlow stepped in, all of a sudden this crowd, like it's like like they'd only just started watching the match, all like stood up and be like, "Oh Mm. man, the two big lads are gonna slap some meat." And that was like what, where for me, I was watching this, being like, "Man, you forget how good Santana and Ortiz are. Like they are, and I cannot wait for like you know their feud with with FTR to really culminate." But it it appears to be that, yeah, what the crowd really want from this feud isn't even Jericho MJF. What they want to see is Hager and Wardlow. I think Hager's doing some of the best work of his career. Like, he's really fiery in there. I say fiery a lot at the moment. I need to get a new adjective. Um, Afterwards, Conan went to commit murder on on Wardlow. You know, it's because he's got a sock full of pool balls. Going to whack it on Wardlow's back of his skull. That's that's yeah, death. So yeah, take him out, Tully. He's take too big. Conan out. <laughs> Conan. He's too big. Uh after that, we got Carl Anderson, a video package, oh. challenging John Moxley for the oh. United States IWGP championship next week. The motivation out, there being uh Kenny was the first ever United States champion in New Japan. So he's going to bring it home to the elite. Friggin' hell, man. Machine gun, Carl Anderson, getting a singles match. I'm here for it. Yeah. And the, I, I think, I don't know how many people are familiar with Carl Anderson's singles work. Whenever he got to show it in WWE, like you could see, but it, it just gets squashed in the end. He is a phenomenal worker. Well, he was four years ago in the G1 and stuff, um, or four or five years ago. So hopefully, hopefully he's still there and people can see, but I'm very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we got MJF and Jericho sitting down in the ring for a MJF to present his terms for Jericho to get a final match with him because MJF's won both encounters so far. And he lays out 
The Labours of Jericho, which is based on the Labours of Hercules, which I think it's 12 or 10 tasks that Hercules had to complete before he did something. To be honest, I'm more familiar... I've never read the Bible. I don't know. Very good. Well, I'm more familiar with this story through uh, All-Star Superman, when Grant (laughs) Morrison wrote this for Superman. I'm pretty sure it was 12 issues. So you have read the Bible then? Yeah, effectively. Grant Morrison (laughs) definitely is the Bible. Grant Morrison presents the Bible. (laughs) That would be bonkers. (laughs) But, yeah, so these are all... There will be four matches against wrestlers and stipulations of MJF's choosing. If Jericho wins every single one of them, he gets to face MJF. Uh... So Jericho had a line here when he said, um, I, if I don't beat, you know, if I can't complete this, I don't belong in All Elite Wrestling. So that still leads me to think that we are heading to a retirement stipulation or even he doesn't actually get this. Like he doesn't get to MJF. Like he loses to say Wardlow or, or one of the other members. And then he offers the stipulation of, I will retire if, you know, for the, to get the MJF match other than him just be winning all four matches and getting the MJF thing. There's, there's quite a few avenues that you can take this down, but I, I do think Jericho saying, if I can't <clears throat> do this, I don't belong in this ring. I think it, it should be key. I think, yeah, I agree. I think that's definitely a part of this. But I thought it was interesting where MJF laid out, I'm going to make you run through four people, just like you made John Moxley beat all of the inner circle before he got a shot at you. Yeah. It's weird that MJF said four wrestlers and he didn't just say, you've got to go through everyone in the pinnacle. Yeah. I mean, Which makes me just... think yeah. that he's not going to choose those guys. He's going to choose the inner circle to go against Jericho. But you would like, I think that would be a tactical error because surely they can just lay down in the ring. You know, like, like, the, new day, like, like the New Day Usos. I know what you mean. In the gauntlets. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a stipulation or something where I, I can't work it out in my head, but the, I think the inner circle have a sort of rogue style honor where they, you know, they've done, they've settled differences in the ring before where they both have to genuinely put on the best match because Jericho's a baby face now he can be like no if if I can't beat you I don't deserve to do it and then you sort of Jericho can hopefully make everyone look good but beat them but what it does is it furthers MJF's thing of wanting to break up the inner circle and what better way is there than forcing Jericho to take on his friends there there has to be some you need to get a line of dialogue in there to mm. explain as to why they don't just lay down and it yeah, has to be something better than and it has to be something better than it needs to look like a real match like you have to try because like uh, that is that is quite lame i think there's a good idea there i just don't know how there to make a, it work there's a good idea I mean, but this is why we're not in charge of a wrestling company some fantastic lines in this jericho said he'd do anything to to face mjf even have sex with his mum Again, <laughs> I wrote that line down because I know I, I even wrote my notes here. That line is going to pop Ollie Davis. I popped for um, you call yourself the demo god, which is funny because you're not even in that demographic anymore. I thought that was good. Yeah. Oh, be nice to him. He's Chris Jericho. MJ- MJF is so good. I had a 
Well, then, then afterwards they agreed to do that. They shook hands, and then Jericho hit him with the Judas elbow. I, uh, oh man, my legs, my legs hurt. You know, when they gave you your vaccine jab, where did they do it? Mm. Into my arm. They did it into my thigh. Hmm. Why would they do that? My thighs are killing me. My thighs <laughs> are. No, 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 no. We, we, we all heard you. <laughs> my thighs are killing me. <laughs> Thought that was funny. <laughs> Tony Schiavone did a did an interview with Britt Baker backstage, and uh, she sort of talked up her her match with Nyla uh, Rose. Nyla Rose. And she had a line about Saudi Arabia in there. And Tony Schiavone genuinely seemed a bit shocked when she said it. Yeah, so what she's, she was having a pop at Tony Khan, TK, because he allowed Reba to get injured. Like, what happened to Reba mm. is Tony Khan's fault. And maybe, like, you accepted your blood money from Vicky Guerrero and Andrade El Idolo. Maybe you can go run a show in Saudi Arabia next week. Which I'm sure some people will think is a shot at WWE. But I think it's a... Um, I mean, it could be a shot at uh, UFC. It could be a shot at... Um, what was that comedian? Inglésius had boxing because he did a show over there i don't think it was yeah. specifically a shot of wwe it, it it would seem out of character for aew to take a shot at wwe so <laughs> I, I don't think it was after that we had ex wwe star andrade taking on ex wwe star matt seidel uh better known as evan Bourne. this was andrade's <laughs> in-ring debut and yeah. it was fine well, do you know what it like? I think it was um, might have been Excalibur who <laughs> said that was a business-like debut, and that's exactly what it was. It was business-like. Mm. It was be like, yeah, go in there, win, and look convincing doing so, and that's exactly what he did. It was business-like, business to the extent of wearing your suit trousers in the ring. That's his new gimmick. It was a textbook. It's his old gimmick. He was it's... two suspenders and a hat away from his NXT stuff. Get some braces, mate. That's what you need to sell. Um, mm. Yeah, I, th this was a, a textbook debut match. And like Matt Seidel is like the textbook person to put him in there with. You don't have to be flashy. You just had to go in there and win. And that's what he did. You know, like you you pulled this face when FTR went in there and had this exact same match when they debuted yes. in, in AEW. And then two matches later, you're like, oh, yeah, this is like why they're really cool. You don't just bust this sort of stuff out on TV willy-nilly. You say why that for not? the pay-per-view. It's the debut match. Yeah, I don't know how you can say that after. Look, but what about Miro? Like, we're not going, oh, yeah, but all of those eight months of nothing, really, that's was worth slightly it. Different. That's slightly different. It's the different. same. It's just no, different. It's, no, that's a different thing. That is a, that's a character that didn't work, and they've now changed that character up, and now it works. That's very different to FTR having a standard match and then having one of the best matches of the year on pay-per-view. But, but the best match of the year on pay-per-view happened, like, two months, two, three months after. Yeah, because you're, you're you're building up to these sorts of things. I I no, thought this I was fine. I think Andrade, especially with like three weeks of build, he's been walking around. He's with Vicky Guerrero to come in and put in a put in a performance like this, which was 
like you said, business-like. It was fine in a company mm -hmm. that prioritizes work rate. And I'm pretty sure there was no like meta idea to work the fans by doing a WWE style. But I watched this. I see Vicky out there. He's wearing freaking suit trousers. And I'm thinking, this is kind of like how he was in WWE. Well, you know, in a few months' time when he's having a ma banging matches, we'll, we'll reevaluate this conversation. Yeah. Well, no, we won't have to. We won't have to reevaluate it. <laughs> yeah, because you'll, you'll, you'll just you'll because you'll sit there and be like, I was wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> he can get good. He can Ollie, get it's good. Fine but that does not mean Ollie. It's, it's okay a, to be non... wrong. It's okay to be wrong, yeah. mate. Well, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> not laughing at my Pfizer joke. <laughs> that was a that was a good. <laughs> Good joke. We've got a video package for Matt Hardy versus Christian that uh, will happen next week. Oh, Andrade won, by the way, and then continued to uh, stretch out Seidel's arm afterwards. Then we got the Alistair Black debut. We've covered that. Then we got a very interesting recap of something that happened in the dark match bit. So before the show started, I think Hobbs and Hook had had a match and Ricky Starks comes down and he's got some security guys there and he's like, these guys are here on my own dollar to protect me against Brian Cage. And Taz comes out and says, what are you doing? Like, you, we've, we're together. You don't need to bring other guys. And Brian Cage in comes, comes down and clears house. It seems like Ricky Starks is breaking away from Team Taz, not Cage. Yeah, it's, we've all been thinking that. And it's almost like he now doesn't trust anyone. with like, Because he doesn't trust Cage, he now also doesn't trust Hobbs and Hook. Which I think, yeah, mm. it's a really interesting wrinkle to this. Uh, it's kind of got me, like, I mean, excited for the match next week anyway, because I do really enjoy watching Ricky Stark's work. So, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the match. I, I thought Ricky Stark's, just the way he carries himself, the mannerisms, the promo, he's so, so good at the moment. So, I am, yeah, I would like a... I would. I think I want to see a solo heel Ricky Starks all by himself more than I do Brian Cage doing that route. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think they're on something very good there. Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander had an intergender tag match against the Blade and the Bunny. This is your only women wrestling on the show, and it's with some men. So that mm -hmm. that is a uh, that is oh, yeah. unfortunate. That is unfortunate, and also this wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. Well. It it was a, I, I quite enjoyed it. Maybe just because Cassidy gets to gets in at the start, does the the little kicks, the crowd popped along. Yeah, but like because it's because it's WWE intergender. I don't know. We had a professional comedian hosting the show. Rich, Rich, stop putting up people's comments like that. <laughs> um, because it's WWE. Are you searching for more praising comments of you now? No. <laughs> because it's um wwe intergender when the when, when one of them tags in a woman the other woman just automatically gets in and vice versa it means that you can't really build to hot tags so there's no like fire behind any of the working over or anything like that i will say though like because of that the finish was at least fun which mm -hmm. is the um, blade hit Orange Cassidy with the Nux, and then 
when he turned around to give the knucks back to the bunny, Statlander reached in and she tagged it, tagged Orange Cassidy. I mean, I don't think she was holding on to the tag rope, so it probably wasn't a legal tag. And so when the bunny went, so when uh, Blade went to pin Orange Cassidy, the ref was like, no, he's not the legal man. And that allows the um, Statland to get in, hit the Big Bang Theory on um, the bunny for the win. It was just like, nah, that's fine, I guess. I, I don't like this. If you can't do intergender wrestling, then don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think Statlander is so cool. I don't. I don't mind seeing her beating up men. Yeah. Um. Then we had what was like tied, I think, with two other segments as one of the best things on the show. They'd they'd shown America's top team in the crowd earlier, which is Dan Lambert, Amanda Nunes, and. Some guy I can't pronounce. They're UFC fighters. I know Amanda yeah. Nunes, and I know Dan Lambert, of course, because he was in Impact. But um, yeah. Tony Schiavone they're, goes they're to names, interview them. They're names that I hear Dave Meltzer say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Tony Schiavone goes to interview them in the crowd, and Dan Lambert just grabs the mic, gets into the ring, cuts this awesome promo, just shooting yeah, yeah. on AEW, shooting on how. Like the wrestling was better with he, like he wanted he'll go home put in some Miami whatever wrestling from the seventies and listen to Gordon Sole do a proper call of a match and just buried the place doing a cornet act he is such a good heel and then Lance Archer walks down gives him a freaking blackout yeah murderizes this poor lad it was I I've seen some people really didn't like this uh, segment oh really. Oh yeah, there was there were some like people online that didn't like the segment. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was really really great. I thought that the MMA guy did an amazing promo, and I really enjoyed Lance Archer uh, beating him up. I, I so and like and I enjoyed Lance Archer killing the the MMA guy because the MMA guy did a really good promo that made me not like him. So I thought this was a complete like I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. I don't know what it's leading to, but I very much enjoyed it for what it was. Also, probably the best promo of the night. Yeah. I don't think it has to lead to anything. I think mm. we are we we all do, me included, sometimes get so caught up on long term. Everything has to be long term storytelling. Everything has to tie into something else. Sometimes when you're in a city and you've got someone, you know, America's top team are apparently based in Miami and they're available on the night. Hey, do you want to come in? Just do a little thing to pop the crowd. Yeah, sure. It's a one off. Yeah. All for it's that. Kevin Smith being shown in the crowd didn't then turn into a giant feud. I thought it well, in all fairness, it didn't turn into anything. <laughs> but I I would not mind Dan Lambert becoming something in this company. I thought it was extraordinary. Um and the main event was absolutely superb. Uh street fight between the Young Bucks and Penta and Eddie Kingston for the tag team titles. Yeah I I made this point with the triple threat match at double or nothing where we all said like I, I never at one point went into that match thinking there's no other winner here than Kenny Omega. Like Kenny Omega is leaving this match as champion. Mm. But he's so great and Cassidy's so great and Pac is so great that they made me believe that you could change the titles here. Same thing happened. I went into this match thinking like there's I don't think the Young Bucks are dropping the belts here. It'd be cool because like they're in front of a live crowd, you know, and they're on the road now. That would be quite a way to sort of pop the crowd this and the other. But I think that the Young Bucks are definitely going to retain here. All four of them are so poib and so, so great that I was like, I think they're going to switch the titles. I think mm. they're going to have Eddie and Penta win here. And I, 
this was so much fun. Not only that, I particularly enjoyed Callus on commentary because I always do. Always enjoy Callus on commentary, and he's he had these amazing lines where he said the young because it's a street fight, right? And the young bucks come out in these denim hot pants, <laughs> and Callus has the line. It's like, look at the young bucks. They're rough houses. They're wearing denim. Which- <laughs> Which made me laugh. And he's like, this is plain sailing for the young bucks. They grew up on the rough streets of Racho Cougamonk. <laughs> like, <it's California. laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, I've heard that the streets are real tough there in Rancho Cougamonk. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really good. Like, it was a massive schmoz at the end, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it all. Yeah, loads of interference, loads of uh, sort of weapon spots. The interference nullified itself though the good brothers ran down brandon cutler was there michael nakazawa got taken out early i'm loving what kaz is doing as the elite hunter right now where he just pops up and takes out members of the elite who are trying to interfere he he wiped out brandon cutler through a table with the cold spray cutler doing like the the oversell again with the spray as he went through the table and some really cool spots a penta canadian destroyer on mat off the apron through a table outside that was just like The camera almost missed it going into a commercial break. Uh, The finish was Kingston getting his mouthful of thumbtacks super kicked. They'd done that in a three-way with Jimmy Havoc, I remember, a couple of years ago, but still very cool. But the spot for me was Kingston has Matt in a choke, and the referee's like down looking at it. Nick Jackson gets up to the top rope, and he's, he's looking at them, and he's like, well, I should break up the choke. But then, and this is me getting the inference of the story here. No, you know, they haven't said this, but I see Nick seeing that and remembering what Kenny did at Double or Nothing when Pac would not let go of the the brutalizer brutalizer. on Orange Cassidy. And he's like, Eddie Kingston's a similar kind of character to Pac. I could hit a 450 on him and he might just keep hold and choke out my brother when we lose the titles. So just like Kenny... He hits a 450 splash on the referee. It was amazing. So, so great. And like, you know, they put this over on commentary as well. It's like, Nick has got a choice here. Which one's he going to go for? And he went for the referee because he was like, you know, going back and forth, which one he's going to do. I, yeah, loved it. And then we then got, so like, you know, that's one finish because Matt starts tapping out. Like as soon as the Mm. referee hits, Matt starts tapping out. And then you have the elite hunter stuff with Kazarian coming down and killing Brandon Cutler. And you have Penta hit the Penta driver into the back fist by Eddie Kingston. Another ref runs down. You're like, oh my God, this is it. This is the moment. One, two, Nick drags out the referee. Just like, this is again one of those where I stopped taking notes and I just got enthralled with what was going up on screen. And then we got uh, thumbtacks out. We got people throwing thumbtacks at each other. Hurricane Rana into the thumbtacks by Nick Jackson to Pentagon Jr. from the top rope. Then they put the thumbtacks in the mouth of Eddie Kingston, hit the double super uh, super kick and a double stack for the win. It was a wonderful schmoz to end the show, and I loved every single second of it. Um, If I could um, highlight your hypocrisy, though, uh, if I may, Mr. Davis. Um, last week, you got real mad at uh, MJF and Sammy Guevara doing the middle rope tombstone, and it wasn't the finish. Yet here, you just said, they did a Canadian Destroyer off the apron through a table for the commercial break. And you're like, as if that's fine. It's Pentagon. The, the, the... <laughs> Sammy and MJF. 
I've seen Canadian <laughs> destroyers hit everywhere meaninglessly for years now. I've never seen a second rope tombstone pile driver. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm not a hypocrite. I'm freshly <laughs> offended. I gave it a five out of five. I thought this was a brilliant show. Um, but I said I said that like you know I've seen a lot of people. One of, a lot of people say this is one of my favorite episodes ever. Um, I I got to be honest. I don't think it would make my top five. That's not a slight on this show. I just think Dynamite Dynamite have had six out of five shows. <laughs> Yeah, they they are the breaking a scale show. Really, really good. Mm. I mean, community chat was uh, in line with you as well. Fifty nine percent gave that a five out of five all elite show, with twenty eight percent saying it was a four out of five um, uh, awesome show. So that <laughs> is like seventy eighty percent basically of our audience thought it was either four out of five or five out of five. Like that's nuts numbers. The Khan coin stretches far and wide. But not to us that much, which is why we need your support on Patreon. Go over to WrestleTalk's Patreon page right now and become a pledge hammer. Um, and if you give $25 a month or more, we will give you a wrestling name and a shout out on this very show. So thank you, Rob Steiner Recliner. I haven't got the names up yet. One second. Lompier's number one fan, Tom Delves. The Night Rider, Kit. Hannah Allen Key. Vito Ventura, Pet Detective. Kenny, everybody's got a price. Bryson. Bad Connection, Thomas Lagden. The ghost that haunts Wrestle Talk for a trophy. Andrew, the last airbender, Merculiano. The cup holder. Blake Cupholder. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. And the incredible Tarzo. Thank you, everybody. Go over to Patreon. It's not just shout-outs. You get loads of exclusive podcasts, including... Do, is, is it a confirmed winner for this month's Wrestle Talk Extra podcast? Ooh. I will have a look, but while I'm doing that, I'm also going to promote the fact that uh, people are very much sad that the mailbag is no longer there, that Team Danuk, me and Denise Alcedo do. It is now a Patreon-exclusive show. Me and Denise are doing an extra show a month now. We're recording it um, in about an hour's time. We're going to be recording that show. Uh, so there's a post up now for you to get your questions in for the mailbag. That's how we're doing it. See how we're doing in the poll. It's got 17 hours left and Bash at the Beach 2000 is now pretty much winning in a landslide. 36% have gone for Bash at the Beach 2000. The closest to it is still Battleground 2016. But that's only got 15% of the votes. Well, I'm, I cannot wait for that. That'll be fun. Um, we have loads of ultra chats and it's four o'clock 
So let's get through these. Thank you, everybody, for your ultra chats. WrestleTour.com forward slash support. Uh, Gary Mouse, I popped insanely hard for the end debut. I'm not that excited for the potential Cody feud, though, especially if Cody's delusional enough to think he's the babyface in the feud. I would be shocked if people would cheer Cody over end. <clears throat> I don't know, have you seen these crowd reactions? I'm cheering him. Craig's got game. I'm excited to see what they do with Tommy Malachi, though they have not been able to do occult supernatural well. Hopefully, if they do it that way, Tommy will take the reins since he has already was able to get the gimmick over in spite of WWE booking. Uh, Garrett Albright, do you think there's anything to the name Matthew being mentioned in Black short film? That's Murphy's real name, right? Could it foreshadow Murphy to AEW, perhaps as part of Black's storyline? Very excited to see Black in AEW. Jam that jam. I think actually he made reference to this. Like Buddy Murphy retweeted the video being like, wow, yes. this is really cool. And Alistair Black, uh, sorry, Tommy End retweeted that, calling him Matthew. <laughs> so maybe there is mm. something in that. They had been fighting. Like when the, the psychiatrist goes to check on Black uh, in that short film, he says, you've been fighting with Matthew again. That's where he's got like this eye injury. So, mm. And that was, that was Murphy. So yes, uh, watcher of this show. Connor Kennedy, on an earlier Omega chat, <coughs> Luke, negative one being Dark Order's leader will be the point of a Malachi-Black feud. Number one versus Black for Dark Order leadership. Number one becomes the first person to kick out of a Black Mass in AEW. Don't question the ethics. It's genius, bro. That's what I'd book. <coughs> negative one kicking out the Black Mass. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the one-winged angel in the <laughs> same match. Trey Boyd, no one can replace Brody Lee, but do you think that Malachi Black will be the new exalted one? The, the, the Dark Order don't need a new leader. Ragebear99, so happy that my favourite wrestler is finally going to get a chance to shine in a company that will appreciate him. My only worry is that the feud will end the same for Black as it did for Archer and the Go-Go. Cody wins, LOL. I mean, maybe that's what they're that's what they're banking on. Maybe this is just long term booking to make you, the audience, think that Cody is always going to win, so that you're then pleasantly surprised when Black does. Cody does only lose when it really, really matters. Brody, Darby, MJF; those are the the big ones in singles matches. So yeah, I did, it makes it more special when people do beat him. Can't put yeah. over everyone. Uh, Stephen Guzman. Also, I think you guys have completely valid reasons to not put the belt on Hangman right now, but I do want to see him win it all out so Kenny can finally get a chance to really rest up his injuries. But either way, I cannot wait. Quinton Whitfield. I think Paige should win the title from Omega, but not have a long reign and drop it to Black, and Black goes on a tear. Oh, I don't know. Like, I think we're all. I mean, I mean, I don't know what you do with Hangman after he gets the win, because that's what we're all mm. building to. But I think once you've given that win, you can't just take it straight off him unless that's part of the bigger story. Josh Baker, the pop Hangman got when his music hit reminded me of when Stone Cold would clean house in the Attitude Era. Obviously not as big, but by all out, Hangman might be the most over person in AEW. I think he's already there, to be honest. Genetic Ghost, when Paige and Kenny locked eyes, you could see the mask Kenny's been wearing for more than nine months crack. I finally saw the real Kenny Omega in there instead of the hollowed out shell he's been. Hangman has to be the key to healing the elite. Uh, mm. And they follow up with, Luke, you're right. 
Kenny losing, the Bucks losing, the elite falling apart was the story the whole time. I think it takes tremendous guts for your long-term story to be that the pressure of starting a new company ultimately ruined you. It poisoned them. Thank you very much. Let it goes. I'll pass it to you. <laughs> a wrestling talk sign guy said, I was at last night's Dynamite. It was a great show. The biggest crowd reactions were for Black Andrade and Tony Khan, who came out twice during the event. Andrade tried hard to get booed, but the fan reaction was too strong. Everyone just loved him. He he did Eddie Guerrero's Three Amigos. Yeah. But he That's also not then trying to up- get booed. But then he also did say, I'm going to go for the frog splash and then didn't do it. Um, Stephen Guzman, last super chat, but this ex-WW talent argument is just ridiculous at this point. WWE hoarded talent for decades. So of course, a lot of the best signings will be from there. No one complains about WWE being full of ex-ROH and impact guys. I'm done with that idea. I'll be like, if anyone brings to the table, they have too many ex-WWE guys. Like, I think it's it, you, they don't have another argument. Like, that's, that's the only thing that they have. So it's not a legit argument. Uh, Wrestling Talk Sign Guy, given how strong the elite faction is, do you think Tony Khan should be an on-screen figure when they get their comeuppance? I've been to a half dozen AEW shows and he always gets some of the loudest cheers. I think he could be good as a corrective force. Uh, Don't confuse like sort of real life over, like I think we're all very thankful for Tony, with incontinuity over. He's never been factored into any storylines And we've been down the path too many times of the owners of companies becoming actual on-screen characters. It's only worked once. Yeah. Um, yeah, And he has said multiple times as well, he doesn't want to be an on-screen character. And I really do think that comes from Dave Meltzer, who did tell him, don't become an on-screen character. Sarah Sullivan uh, said, my ovaries almost exploded when I saw Mass Vidal in the audience. My boyfriend squealed when his favorite wrestler debut. I'm so happy you guys are back on your AEW pods. I don't want to be negative to the Raw fans, but damn, that show ain't good. God, I love <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Bobby G. Hello, gents. Go England. Question. Where does Three Lions come from? AEW related. I feel the Nyla Brit feud is flat. Brit isn't a face, but in the sense of the Attitude Era faces, feel like they uh, need an over baby face for her. But who? Suggestions. Oh, Bobby, you are not the only one who thinks the Brit Nyla feud is not working. Thunder Rosa uh, might be too early. Serena Deeb, I think, could work, but she, you know, she sometimes wrestles tweener heel as well. Uh, yeah, Ty Conti, Rio. Yeah, some other, it's Statlander. There's Statlander, some, you know, there's, yeah. There's some other names out there. This Nyla Rose thing is not working <laughs> whatsoever, though. Uh, but do you know where the three lions comes from? Well, it's the, it's the emblem. It's the football emblem on the England kit. Yes, but do you know where that comes from? Uh, the king used to own lions and ride them into battle. Sweet. Not a real doctor in training. Last night's show had so many great talking points. My takeaway is that Sean uh, Sean Spears' steel chair lapel pin is fantastic. I need to source one to wear to conferences. Also, Jay had a much better performance on commentary this week. It's coming home. Uh, Eternal Blue said, I know you guys want to project uh, want to project bias of any sort, and that's best for content. But as someone who stopped watching WWE over the Saudi Arabia deal, I don't care. AEW is the reason to love American wrestling. Five out of five. I really hope they surpass WWE one day. Yeah. Mon- 
Yeah, Monty Granito. I really think Andrade is over. The crowd was chanting Idolo pretty loudly. Idolo and Black are visibly special in a company full of special stars. Can't wait for the video game. I don't think Andrade feels special. Jonathan Hedman, great show, my friends. Uh, uh, was underwhelmed with Andrade, not liking Vicky as his manager, but I'm not sure who else his manager could be. Thoughts? Great show overall. Looking forward to Quizzlemania. Hope Johnny Bollocks wins this week. I mean, well, Johnny Bollocks is a Sabutio player, so I don't think he stands much of a chance there. Maybe Sully will do a sort of Alistair Black style thing where he keeps <laughs> getting different personalities. If he's doing that, I only want him to be um, to, <laughs> tapas croissants. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's Quizzlemania tonight, folks, because the England game was yesterday. We moved it to today. And it has Sully. It has Tempest. It has James May- Mayfield. But it also Mansfield. has Mansfield. It also has Killian Dane slash Big Damo. It's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, HCB said, hi, guys. Not going to lie. Hearing a massive pop for a debut first time in <coughs> ages was great. Question is, we've had a lot of ex-WWE males debut in AEW. Who do you think will be the first female? Side note, I was at Wembley last night. It is coming home. Uh, to answer your question, I think it, Ruby Wright would probably be my my first guess. I think she'd be an amazing addition to that roster. I would have said Zelina Vega up until last week. But yeah, Ruby Wright's yeah. a good shout. Craig Pinn, am I the only one who really wants fans to chant Bay Bay after Britt Baker does her DMD gimmick? Keep up the great work. Love you guys for everything that you do for us. It is fun, but it would be counterproductive. Lee Spicer, hello there, Ollie and Luke. Last night's Dynamite was the first one I've watched live since the move to Friday, Saturday nights for a few weeks. I literally freaked out when Black showed up uh, and more so when Arn and Cody got the Black Mass. Loved this show. Oliver's calf says, do you think that Cody isn't, do you really think Cody isn't turning heel? He kicked Cutie in the dick and delivered three crossroads after hulking up. I exploded when Hangman came out, even though I knew it was, excuse me, even though I knew it was coming. Thank you for your content. It's been a blessing through COVID. Well, thanks for watching. I think the kick in the dick was revenge from Cutie doing it to him earlier. And it was all babyface fire. My yeah. new favorite. He is a he is phrase. a baby face. Um, mm. Nate S. How can people hate JR on commentary when he still gives us classic lines like, quote, that's some real cowboy shiznit. I laughed so much. <laughs> five out of five show loved every bit. Hangman looked genuinely distraught on the apron. Beautiful storytelling. Uh, Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. I can't watch. I couldn't watch AEW last night. So I was too drunk. Not watched today. I was too hungover. But can't miss a Wrestle Talk review. It's coming home. Did either of you watch any of the game last night? Also, what's happened to a go-go uh, push over after Cody jammed that jam? Well, Bacon Rasher, I highly recommend you listen to the audio podcast version of this. Or if you're a member, uh, one of our YouTube members, you can watch it in video form. Ollie and I, well, Ollie tells the story of him watching it at the pub last night and being there in central London for all of the madness that happened afterwards. Because it sounds, well, it's, it, it's a tremendous story. Standing on the peripheral of a large group of people blocking the tube. But just as a teaser, yes, someone did climb up on top of a traffic light and put a cone on his head and then <laughs> fell off. <laughs> Stop the damn match. Uh, Leonel Landeros. Hello, first time Ultra Chatter. My question is, what do you guys think about crowd not booing heels? For me, it takes me out when crowd cheer the likes of Britt Baker, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks. They should be trying to get heat. 
it's difficult. It's a different audience these days. It's very hard to be completely booed. I think MJF manages it the best, but he is totally unique and incredibly good at that. Um, it's just a part of it now. Uh, but yeah, obviously it works better when the heels are booed loads and the faces are, are cheered lots. Also, to Bacon Rasher, a go goes injured. That's what happened there, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, Norm Summer says, Joker Penta is my spirit animal. <laughs> the main event felt like it was made for both TV and a house show. All the spots and run-ins loved every second. This company. Kevin, it wasn't a penalty on Sterling. Denmark got robbed. Speaking of predetermined <laughs> sports, I loved this show. Really enjoy, uh, really interested in Black Story. It pops so hard when Hangman's music hits. <laughs> Audibly laughed at the Bangkok joke as I've never heard of it before. Well, I mean, the Sterling penalty went to VAR. And the referee determined it was. It was the second challenge was the one that actually was the penalty in the end. But also, Denmark shouldn't have got their free kick. So, turnabout's fair play, I guess. Yeah, go go screw yourself, Kevin. <laughs> so many people messaged me yesterday being like, it wasn't a penalty. You you guys cheated to get to the finals. I'm like, Denmark shouldn't have got their, their free kick either. That's what football is. Hey, hey, Bad. hey, those people. <laughs> Alan Partridge shrug. Jose Vasquez, um, Balia, Balia, Esta Cumbria, congrats on moving past Denmark. Is there a difference between wrestling fans uh, that like sports and wrestling fans that like comic books? Yes. It's, it's, it's us, we're the comic book guys, versus Andy and Louie, right? And it's weird, mm -hmm. isn't it? Because they're not as cool as us. And you would they're think so that lame. liking sports would make you cooler, but we like yeah. comic books, and we're the freaking jocks of this company so cool like they they're, they're quite lame really when you think about it and tempest likes sports as well and he is so Ugh. lame unbelievably lame it's weird that pete actually because no, pete doesn't read comic books either that's why he's lame uh one anonymous two four three last second ultra chat to say my name is anonymous like the animal it's not too too important but if you remember to remember that'd be neat uh kevin said i just found out i'm in the top 10 biggest ultra chatters on Streamlabs. unrelated news i made my mum a macaroni necklace for her birthday with all the money i have <laughs> left it's a joke i bought her a phone trenton brown said to be fair to ollie luke when was the last time a Canadian destroyer actually finished a match? I'm going back to like, it's probably 2005 when Pete Williams was using it as a finish. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chris Dudley, with such declining ratings for WWE, does AEW have a legitimate chance to overtake them as the biggest wrestling company? I think you've got to factor in 4th of July weekend stuff for like the bad ratings for Raw and SmackDown this week, surely. Very curious to see Dynamite's rating for, for yesterday that will come out this evening. Um, I don't see it happening this year. Uh, but who knows? They're sometimes beating them in the demos. And that's, you know, some people say that's the most important number. But I think overall viewership still has that unmistakable allure. Dean Barretton loved Kenny and Paige segment. The hesitation and the way Kenny was like, hey, me and you, friends, that's what I want. A reluctant Paige, a sly, over-friendly Kenny. Keep up the great work, gents. Ollie, that joke was brilliant. Hand-clapping emoji. 
lastly from Chris Dudley. Uh, one more. I've been watching old NXT takeovers and it genuinely pains me to think of all the wasted talent that has been so over and then called up. It's like they actively tried to kill them off. Is there a better solution? Oh, that's a sweaty patch you've got there, Davis. Didn't know that happened. <laughs> Just like, woohoo! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I um, missed that chat. It's all right. Also, just to let you know, uh, Rich was really on board for you and I uh, talking about the penalty in Denmark thing. And then we said the people who like sports are lame. And Rich is one of those people. So he now takes his comment. (laughs) (laughs) Rich Rich is lame. Editor Rich, who just edits things that we tell him to edit. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'll edit the City World video for you. (laughs) What's he saying? He's saying F you over and over again in our little (laughs) private chat. Um, the the NXT stuff, wasted talent. It's yeah, it's it's bad because like, what do you do? You 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 keep them down in NXT. That's no good either because the whole idea of NXT is the excitement about seeing the next stage, the next generation of main roster stars. So when you've got guys like Adam Cole, Champa, Gargano, it just feels like when you stay in NXT long enough, feel like a bit of a failure. I think at least. Uh, yeah. I, for me, a, a, a pretty simple fix to this is to have Vince go to NXT shows so he can see them. Like, Vin, I think Vince needs to be involved in the NXT process because otherwise you end up spending a lot of time in NXT developing a character, going to the main roster and getting something completely different because you're now going to someone who's never seen what you've done previously. So there's a massive disconnect there. If Vince is involved in the NXT development system and product, then he knows what he's taking from one thing to the next. So you'll just make them rubbish at the source. Exactly. Yeah. Then that way we're not disappointed when something really good goes into something being really bad. Ollie, you will be pleased to know. I there are three emails in the inbox, support at wrestletalk.com with the subject heading serial killers. Jay says, Hi Luke and Ollie. Funny that I'm writing this in a while. I'm delivering milk during the early hours while listening to your podcast. I don't have time to watch the YouTube channel. With regards to the cereal, my wife has Weetabix with hot water and also raised our kids having it with hot water too. Yes, boiled the kettle, put it on the Weetabix. She has milk with everything else. Uh, just not with cereal thanks jamie anderson bear in mind jamie anderson as he pointed out there delivers milk for a living that's almost an insult i think she's having a little bit of uh you know an intra couple alpha off you need mm. to you need to start putting milk in the kids the kids weedabix it's weird well, so they're gonna get weird. bullied i'm gonna Wait, bully them Aaron says, all right, Russell Talk, this is a finally a, to- a finally a topic I can sink my teeth into. As a kid, I would eat Weetabix without milk. I would just have butter and peanut butter on it and eat it like a slice of toast. Had it again last year, and as someone in his early 30s, I'd still give it 7 out of 10. Cheers, Aaron. Like it's a slice of toast. Uh, a slice of friend- toast that you've left in a cupboard to air. For 10 my years friend's sister, my friend's sister used to do it she used to just like oh get uh, margar- margarine on it and jam that was what that's how she enjoyed it and i tried it it's the driest thing there's a lot of chamming that needs to be done to eat it <laughs> 
never heard chamming before. <laughs> is that a word, chamming. or have you just like uh, come up no, with no, this sort of no, onomatopoeia and turned it into a verb? <laughs> I think it's an onomatopoeic thing. That's what my friend used chamming. to say. Chamming. Oh, yeah. a proper chamming this one. What is the chammiest food? <laughs> I just told you it's Weetabix, dry Weetabix with just a bit of margin jam on it. I don't yeah, think I... it's a word. Of course it's is not a word. Is chamming a real word? <laughs> There's an article on it. Well, it's just taking me to the word cham. <laughs> I need to squeeze this last one in here from Alex, uh, who said, um, I'm listening to the Raw Review, and I heard you talking about your conversation about cereal. I had to show it to my girlfriend because of a disagreement we have all the time. You see, my girlfriend, Joanna, doesn't call it cereal. She says cereals. For example... I'm going to have a bowl of cereals. She says, cereals, there's more than one of them. When I asked what one piece of cereal is, she called it cereal. That's right. She's made oh, up a word. I tried to explain her that she's wrong until I'm blue in the face, but she insists that she is right. She even said that you two were wrong and said it's because, and get this, you're American. This is what I have to do. <laughs> Could you please correct her? And hopefully she will listen to someone else. Uh, to be fair, despite this error, I love her with all my heart. Keep up the good works. Alex Kirkman. I think that is some top order trolling your wife <laughs> is doing to you there. Does it surely? Oh, yeah. So I have, um, I mean, I've angered the Latino nation, it would appear, because um, I know we need to, to wrap what, it up. What, what, why are you doing a bit? <laughs> it's three o'clock. We're meant to be live seconds ago. All right. I'll tell you another time. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Take care, everyone. I love you. Oh, tomorrow. Listen to the show tomorrow, the Friday show tomorrow, because it's me, Denise, with Stephen Larson from Going In Raw and EC3 from Ring of Honor is dropping by to talk about best in the world. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.